Did you know, do you know that this was a request from my friend Louisa? Really? Yeah. Okay. Listen, if you're friends with us, you guys, you can just request. Anyway, so my sister's in Switzerland and uh, my mom has COVID. And that means that I am on head home to mom duty. Yeah. Which is, you know, really fine. I'm I'm very happy to go and, you know, be a, a good daughter. But um, I said to, we have a recording, we have a trailblazer scheduled for later this week. And I said to Eric, like, I'm going to have to record from my childhood bedroom, potentially. And he, which I recorded the Jude Devereaux right. episode from. That's right. And the Susan Elizabeth Phillips episode. And he was like, listen, here's what that room sounds like. And he <laughs> gave me, like, a list of, a critique of my childhood bedroom sounds. And I was like, this feels weird that you remember this from two random episodes of the podcast. But that's why we pay him the big bucks. That's right. He is the audiophile, and I am the complete dummy when it comes to those things. So, Welcome, everyone, to Faded Mates. I'm Sarah McLean. I read romances, and I write them. And I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and editor. And apparently this week we're doing a special request from Louisa, who we really like. So tell us Louisa Edwards, who is terrific. We love her contemporaries. I have talked about them on the podcast before. She wrote this killer chef series before chefs were a thing um so if you love chef romances and you haven't read those louisa edwards books i think there are like six or seven of them boy do you have a fun time really ahead of the curve on those she really was like that's the problem sometimes this happens in romance like someone does it yeah and like the books are just like terrific but only a certain group of people find them and then boom Chefs become a huge thing. And then it's so late and romance is so um, productive. Is that that the right word? Prolific. Prolific. I guess is what I'm looking for. Is the word you're looking Um, for. Romance is so prolific that then, like, there's so many chef books that no one thinks to go back and check for, like, older chef books. But anyway, those are great. Um, I think the first one is called Can't Stand the Heat, and it's great. And then there's, like, so that's, like, a... A series set in like a New York City chef community, and then the second series is about like a Top Chef style show. It's great, fun. So reality TV before reality TV was also a big, romance right. thing. Is there fake dating? Because then it's the trifecta, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And then she also did. Um, she wrote as Lily Everett a series of small town romances set on an island off the coast of like, I don't know, some idyllic southeastern something. And the island has like wild horses and, you know, everybody's sexy and there's lots of homecoming. There's a great Christmas book in that series um, with like a soldier home and horses and a Christmas pageant. I mean, it just scratches all the itches of, like, you know, American Christmas nostalgia. So, yeah. Uh, but on top of all of that, Louisa is just a freaking great person. And she texted me the other day and she said, Hey, have you and Jen done an episode on, like, cozy vibes, like sweater vibes? I want fall books that are, like, pumpkin spice themed. Yeah, like but not basically spooky. like Chris Evans in a cozy in nice sweater mm-hmm. without the murder. Yeah, without and without him being sort of like an asshole. Sure. Yeah, you want that vibe you want that in book form. The vibe, the like, you want the fisherman sweater, the when Harry met Sally, like you know, through Central Park in the in the fall leaves. leaves. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because when you request that, of course, I think to myself like, absolutely. And then you think I've never read an entire. And then I've, I've never, never read, read a book. book. Um, but the the directive was no spooky, nothing Halloween. No, no, so nothing right. Halloween. On my so list. I did not pick anything Halloween. Just as you all strictly all know, sometimes we do a Halloween episode, and we do have one planned this year. Can I before we launch into this? Can I have a? This should have. We should have done this for banter, but it happened last night. Everyone knows I don't really watch TV. Not because I don't like it, but because I'm overwhelmed by it. And then when you don't watch TV for a long time, it's super overwhelming. Well, where do you even begin? Exactly. I just completely like I just don't even now, know. Now, it's so an I- embarrassment of riches. Like, it's a nonsense thing, the way TV yeah. works now. Like, it used to be you turn on the TV and ALF was on and you watched ALF. Everyone out there, once upon a time, there was a show called ALF. It was about an alien puppet. 
don't even. It's the weirdest thing. He like he ate cats. I don't know. Either way. Something about cats. But last night it was like seven o'clock and I was so tired and I was like, I can't fall asleep right now. So I'm going to put on the TV. This is like usually when I'm like just so exhausted and I couldn't find anything because I got overwhelmed really fast. So I ended up watching Pretty Woman, which I have not watched in its entirety in a long time. And I'm going to tell you something, romance Mm. writers out there. You know how we say like, okay, if you need to match like physical intimacy with emotional intimacy, if you would like to see that perfectly executed in a movie, mm-hmm. that movie is perfect. Sometimes the bad stuff is hard, is easier to believe. Yes. That moment where she tells him that story. Yes. And, but I mean, just oh, the so way raw. that like, Terrific. They, you know, like that, like just the way they go from looking at each other to touching each other, like the intimate. I mean, mm-hmm. it was amazing. And I was like, it really delivers on like, you really believe that these two fell in love. Uh, Yeah. And also, there's a piano scene that basically oh. imprinted upon me and that yes. I've written in, like, multiple books. Because Super hot. Yes. Sure. Right. How is Richard Gere so hot? I don't even know. Yeah. Well, there is something very daunting. I, I remember when I first thought I was a lot younger, obviously, and was like, he's old. And now I'm like, he's so young. He's like, he's like younger than us, I think, in that movie. But also, he's gray haired and a billionaire. It's great. He's not a billionaire, I don't think. I think he's like a real... He's a millionaire. He's like a legit, he's a millionaire. And yeah. at the time, billionaires were like not a thing. Right, right. Nor should they be a thing now, if we're being honest. But anyway, it was just fun to watch and kind of be like... Well, you know the like the McLean core story is she rescues him right back. Of course. Of course. Because of Pretty Woman. Because of Pretty Woman. Did you know Pretty Woman was supposed to be like... Originally, it was supposed to be a Disney movie? Interesting. Did you I know, know the original title was supposed to be 3000 Did you know that? Oh, because that's how much it costs. No, it was like, I, I'm going to look this up now because I'm pretty sure I'm correct. And it sounds insane. And uh, that's why I think I'm I'm right. Like, why would I have made that up? Sometimes I have um, very vivid memories of things I read in like magazines when I was. And I remember the reason I know that little factoid is like I read this profile of Julia Roberts, I think, in like L. Before the movie came out and was kind of like, oh, I should watch that. Okay. All right. Originally, yes, it was pre- it was supposed to be a Disney movie. Walt Disney Studios greenlit it as a modern day fairy tale and love story. Um, uh, but it was originally written, yes, by J.F. Lawton. And it was called 3000 and ended with Vivian and they... They were not a uh, the the original plot was um, that Vivian was addicted to drugs and part of the deal between them was that she had to stay off cocaine for a week and then it ends originally with him throwing out her out of the car and leaving her and then she and Cat and Kit go to Disneyland sure. and then someone at Disney was like okay so yes we love this. We love this, but let's just throw it all out. And then... Um, it's dental floss, not cocaine, everybody. <laughs> exactly. And then, like, in came Gary... Uh, Marshall. His name? Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. And he, like, rewrote the whole thing. The other thing that was really interesting about watching this at the beginning is the... You know, it sort of starts off with Richard Gere, like, driving down the Hollywood Hills in this Lotus. And... They have all of these, like, kind of, you know, I don't pro like, scene shots of L.A. And it was so smoggy. And, like, remember how smoggy L.A. was? Like, you just couldn't see anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now when you see that, like, that, we, like, they sort of fixed that. But it was so very dramatic because you're like, wow, these were, like, this was beautiful L.A. And you could barely see anything because mm-hmm. of the smog. So, anyway. It was a good time. I enjoyed watching it. And I once again failed. My husband was like, are you watching Pretty Woman for fucking real? I was like, I can't find anything else to watch. And he was like, yeah, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You watch football like all the time. Shut up. You guys, football, it's everywhere now. Okay, so my husband loves fantasy sports. I'm sorry. We're just bantering, even though it's not a banter episode. This is, listen, if you really enjoy this. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. You should join the Patreon because you get this every month. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> our my husband loves fantasy sports and he and i like and listen no judgment 
right? I have a romance novel podcast and basically my every part of my free waking hours is thinking about romance novels. So I want to be clear. I'm not judging. But he, at the end of the WNBA season, mentioned that he had nine WA fantasy teams. And I was like, wait, if you have nine, nine. WNBA fantasy teams, how many NFL fantasy teams do you have? And he was like, I can't even tell you. And I was like, oh, it's got to be good then. He has 50. Now, he does what? not actively manage 50. He said uh, like 30 of them. Are you just like set it and forget it? You can never change them. And I was like... But, like, does he – are these all with friends? Does he have 50 yes, teams he, worth of friends? No. So, like, okay, 30 teams are just, like, random, you know, CBS sports or whatever. You can just do it online. But he has a lot of teams. Like, he has one with his old fraternity brothers, and he has one with my brother, and he has one with – right? What? He, but, like, there was this huge, crazy injury. A guy named Nick Chubb, like, had this – his knee kind of exploded, honestly. Mm-hmm. But my husband was literally like, Shh, I've got to, like, fix my fantasy teams. I'm busy – drafting his replacements. And I was like, okay. I don't understand fantasy teams. The, I feel about fantasy football the way I feel about fantasy novels. It's too complex. <laughs> anyway, listen. He loves it. There I am. Listen, I'm happy for him. If this gives people joy, if you're out there and you have 50 yes. fantasy football teams, look. God bless. I'm happy for you. We need to find joy wherever we can get it. So, you know, my reading buddy, Ernie. You know, my reading buddy, Ernie, also loves sports. Yeah. Jack Reacher, Ernie. Jack Reacher, Ernie, also loves sports. And so he was like, hey, do you think Mr. Reed's romance would help me? I have a fantasy football question. And so I was like, yeah, sure. So I hooked them up via text. They've met each other a bunch of times, right? Now they're in And now they're like f- fantasy football texting this is like friends. It's like pickup. It's like pickup it's basketball. It's really cute. But okay. like online football. But you know what? This is a good place to start because one of mine is a football romance. Because oh, my, one I of was, mine is a hockey romance. I so was look at thinking us. this would maybe transition to the topic at hand. Right. What vibes. Is, Which like is fall, fall vibes. vibes is football, right? Yeah. So I have talked at length about uh, the Farrah Roshan series about the three friends. Yes. But the yes. dating playbook is the one where he is a football player. Mm-hmm. Jamar Dixon, and uh, he grew up in Katy, Texas, now famous for book banning. And that's, that's where, where he was like a high school super yeah. hero football player. Also from famous for Sophie up. Jordan, everyone, and which is better than book banning. Yes, for sure. And um, he has been injured and is desperate to make it back into the NFL, but doesn't think, like kind of doesn't want people to know his real status so if he goes with, like, a trainer that is, like, well-known in the football world, he's worried that, like, that person will essentially be, you know, like, tell, like not telling on him, but just, like, reporting about how he's really doing. So he finds Taylor Powell um, to be his trainer. And essentially it's, like, what he convinces her. It's, like, one of the few fake dating books that really worked for me is he's like, no one will know why we're together. Someone will figure out eventually. So if we pretend a fake date, no one will figure out that you're really my trainer. And Mm -hmm. her reason for going along with it is essentially that he promises her that if he gets back into the NFL, that he will tell everybody it's because of her. I mean, in having essentially like training someone back up into like fighting form for the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a really smart, great premise. And I also think it's a book, I don't know, I just, this is probably one of my, this book has really stuck with me. Um, I think it really is, deals with sort of, um, and I think of like Autumn, I guess this way, like these, the, he desperately wants something because he can't imagine his life without it. But everybody mm-hmm. knows that it's really like he has to let it go. You know what I mean? It's a great, it's a great book. So if you haven't read um, The Dating Playbook by Farrah Roshan, I, I think that football season vibe and the importance of football and like the rhythm of his life is really, um, I think it's really perfectly beautifully done. So if you're a autumn football fan, this would be the one for you. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Kelly Washington, author of Claiming the Heart of Wraith. Jen, sometimes sometimes a book comes into your life and it feels like the perfect book for a perfect moment. Here we go. Our heroine, Mara, 
is a ex-army combat veteran who has written a memoir, but it has flopped oh. hard. Or no more. one likes it. On Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but delighted already. Tell here's me more. the thing. Ebooks live in cyberspace, and cyberspace just might be attached to real space. This is romance science. <laughs> and it turns out that this memoir on Earth has been translated on another planet and is a bestseller. Such a bestseller that one night Mara gets a visit from a sexy alien prince who is so into her book that he wants to pick her up in his alien spaceship and take her back to his home planet for a book tour where she will be lauded as the greatest celebrity author of her time. <laughs> I don't understand how that's a choice. That just seems like a slam dunk of a choice. Listen, this is perfect in every way. It's I did not know this was my own fantasy, but in <laughs> fact it is. Thank you, Kelly Washington. Here's the deal. So Mara's like, okay, so should I just like go and live as a like celebrity author on this other planet, which is very beautiful and also comes with this like extremely hot, hunky alien prince? Or is my dumb ex-husband at home going to ruin everything like he has forever? What will happen? I am going to find out immediately after recording this. <laughs> Absolutely. If you would like to find out more about uh, Vic and Mara and their uh, science fiction romance, their faded mates, some maybe perhaps mistranslated memoirs into erotica, <laughs> oh um, God, a spicy but cinnamon roll hero, and uh, alien royalty. You absolutely, like us, would, would like to read uh, Claiming the Heart of Race. Uh, it is available in print and ebook. And we would like to very much thank Kelly Washington for sponsoring this week's episode and, and bringing this joy into our life. Doing the job, Kelly. Great job. <laughs> okay. I Well, then I'll just do my sports one first, too. Yeah. So I – but I feel like I have to introduce my, like – Oh, I like really our did thesis. I lean into vibes here. Okay. Okay. Um, like, so basically I went sweaters. Like, what books make me think of, like, wearing a sweater? <laughs> like what books do i want to read curled up on the couch yes. wearing a sweater or like drinking um, a cup of tea in front of and a fire so look let's be honest like that really became for me small town romance and also historical romance um and so i don't know i actually can only tell you if i am not certain all of these were set in, are set in autumn but what they I can make tell you, you feel is, that way. Yeah, they all make you feel just a little bit cozy. Like you should be wearing like boots and a vest. Yes, like you look adorable. Because here's the thing: summer, a lot of people look adorable in summer. I'm not one of them. Um, but like autumn is really where I shine. Yes, autumn's I the think. best. Like I think I'm like, I think that's that's really where I show as well as possible. Yeah, so. me too. Autumn is also okay. Here's a little because then likes. winter is like too much. It's too many layers. Too much. Yeah. My hair is always tangled up because I'm wearing a hat or scarf or something. Autumn is really the whole. That's really where where we do the business. Here's the other thing. This is like a little fun fact. I have I grew up around the Great Lakes in Cleveland, but I never lived as close to Lake Erie as I live to Lake Michigan. Like I'm with I'm. My house is within a mile of Lake Michigan. My school is a couple blocks from the lake. And one of the things I did not really realize is like, you know, you say like warmer by the lake. Excuse me. In the fall, it stays warmer near the lakeside because the water, this huge body of water is so warm. What they don't also say, though, is colder by the lake, right? In the spring, mm -hmm. they do say it. And so spring is not at least super close to the lake. Is not the greatest season in Chicago. It's damp and it's cold. And you know that it's, like, nicer out in the suburbs than it is, like, right by the lakefront. But, man, the fall in Chicago is perfect. Yeah. Perfect. New yeah. York fall. I mean, that's, like, how many movies have been made about fall in New York? Oh, I know, right? And then there's a great F, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald quote. Um, I think it's actually from Gatsby where he's – they're coming over the – they're coming over the bridge from Long Island and it's fall and – and it says everything is new and crisp, you know, and it feels that's how it feels 
fall just feels fresh and and new. Anyway, I want to talk about Ruby Lang. Oh, great. I know okay. that we have had a lot of requests for a hockey romance interstitial. I'm sorry, team. You're probably not going to get it from us. But we have talked about many hockey books over the years. So, you know, listen to six seasons and eventually you'll find a hockey book in the mix. Um, but Ruby Lang wrote a hockey book. And it's part of her Practice Perfect uh, series, which is one character in each of the books in this, ser- in this series is a doctor. So the first right. one I talk about a lot because she's an allergist. Um. But in this one, the heroine is a neurologist, Helen, um, and her father, who was a boxer, I think, um, is suffering from, uh, like, basically had traumatic ongoing brain injuries because that's how it goes when you're a boxer. Right. And uh, she, because she's a neurologist and loves her dad, is working really hard to, like, bring more awareness to traumatic brain injuries and sports. Um, and those happen in all sports, uh, including hockey. Yes. And so she is on a mission to ban the sport of hockey from Portland. This which book feels, is awesome. I love it. Yeah. It feels like a very big and important mission for her. And, um, you know, when we talk about conflict and we talk about like, oh, if you're heroines, um, an arsonist, your hero had better be a firefighter or like if your heroine's mm-hmm. a firefighter, your hero better be an arsonist. Um, if your heroine is trying to ban hockey from the city of Portland, yes. uh, the hero better be a hockey player. <laughs> so and the hero is Adam Magnus. I mean, Great romance name. Oh, my God. <laughs> First of his name, <laughs> right? right? Uh, he is um, aging. He's a, a soon-to-be-retired uh, hockey player, and he is um, obviously very opposed to anybody coming for this sport that he's like made a legacy in and made a lifetime in. Like, and so they have these very public. He is the face of hockey in Portland. She is the face of, hey, everybody ought to get their brains checked in Portland. And um, they spar very publicly. And then privately, they are super duper into each other. And it's not great because (laughs) they both have really big missions that are tough to um, that, that, you know, cannot exist alongside like being a supportive partner. Um, Ruby writes a really beautiful book. This book is very cozy in a lot of ways. Um, for one, for something that has such a, is taking, taking such a big swing at something so important. Um, you will enjoy the, if you are a hockey, hockey romance fan, you will enjoy the hockey pieces of it. Um, but there is also, a, a really cozy feel to these two because, they learn pretty quickly that they really care deeply for each other. Yeah. And um, and so it does that kind of really grown-up thing that romance can do where two people have to really reconcile what they um what they want from the world and what they believe their life purpose to be and love. And I really like it. I like that grown-up feel. Yeah, that was a great book. I love that book. Um, so that's hard knocks. Re- it might be winter, but whatever. It's got that vibe. Like this is it's it, hockey. It's it's, you guys, it's hockey season, so it's fine. It's hockey season. I feel like we should talk about scoring off the field by Naima Simone. I know we talk about it all the time, but if we're like, oh my god, throwing off, throwing out the, it's you know, so good though. I mean, when, the listen, primordial football romance. This right? is the sign. You should go read this book. Yeah, I mean, so oh, he's... Well, also, we didn't mention the fact that Taylor Swift is now dating a hockey player. Uh, no, a football player. And, like, that means ho- football's back, man. I mean... <laughs> okay, I saw... Okay, I don't know who this person is that she's dating. I have no idea. I could ask my husband, he's, maybe. I, re- I looked him up today. I think he's what's called a tight end. And I don't know anything about football, but great. Fine. Good, good for him. Good for Taylor. Okay, 
I don't know about him, but apparently he has a brother who was also a professional football player. And last year in some large football game, they played each other and one brother's team won and one brother team's one brother's team oh lost. Oh my gosh, what did the parents do? Who no, listen, there is this beautiful video. I was like moved to tears by this video. There's a guy I follow. Um, I can't remember. I think he's the one who posted it. I'll put it in show notes. Where they show the mom going up to the one who won and she's like so excited and like, oh, my God. And he's like, mama. And it's adorable. And then they like cut over to her going to the one who lost. And she's just hugging him. And she's like, I loved watching you play. And I was literally crying. So I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me, everybody. I'm going to move. I mean, that sounds amazing. Look, uh, Jen is very emotional right now. I could tell you I can vouch for it. I know. I was really like. I was really moved by it. So anyway, this mom seems great. All right, cool. Listen, I support everyone and their joyful experiences with sport. Yes. Um, I support Tennyson Clark telling Dominic Anderson that she is leaving and no longer being his assistant and it ruining his fucking world. This is what I want. I want him to get the yips. (laughs) (laughs) And then... (laughs) These two <laughs> who have been friends forever just fucking make out everywhere. Well, because she's so, oh, you guys. It is the best listen. book. Every Scoring time I talk about it, field, I have to reread it. It's pure, unrequited love. Tennyson loves him so much. She's been in love with him since they were 16 years old. She's obsessed with him. She is his best friend. He is her best friend. She works for him. She spends all her day just thinking about him and helping him and making his life perfect. And she cannot deal anymore. Yes. Like, she's like, I cannot. I am ruining my life being in love with this man who will never, ever notice that I am in love with him. Ugh. And so she quits. And then he's like, it destroys oh, him. Oh, no. <laughs> wait. And he Feelings. is truly ruined. God, it's amazing. Like, it is That's amazing. It That's is what amazing. I want. Here's what I want out of sports romance. This is not a sports romance episode, but we're we do have one on the calendar. We though, do. So maybe I'll put a pin in this. Put a pin in it. Save it. I'm gonna put it. We're gonna it. have a really fun, a f- really fun guest for that one. I'm. I gotta put that. it on my notepad. What I want out of a sports romance, and then I won't remember when okay. it's time. Um, <laughs> maybe should make more notes in the meantime. Well, I mean, but isn't it more fun to just fly by the seat of our pants? <laughs> sure. No notes all the time, Jen and Sarah. <laughs> I feel contractually obligated vibes. to discuss It Happened One Autumn by Lisa Kleypas. Uh, that's on my list, too. And I also have a second historical that's set in autumn. So you do that and I'll do the other one. Well, I mean, look, this the wallflowers are a classic for a reason. And, you know, this, if you are a fan of St. Vincent, this is the one where he acts like a real asshole. <laughs> so basically, yeah. Lillian Bowman is an American she has come to England to find an she's aristocratic loud mouth. She is she's a loud a, mouth. She's bossy. not a lady. She's bossy. Aggressively helpful with her friends. Oh, yeah. Like, just to know it all. <laughs> right? In every way. And the short mm-hmm. king, the Earl of Westcliff, Marcus. Short king. He's not, <laughs> you guys, he's like six feet tall instead of ten feet tall. <laughs> he has, you know what my favorite thing about this this jackass is? He has the oldest title in England. And so even though he's just an earl, he's always like the first at, in line. Because, you know, you line up by seniority at dinner or mm-hmm. whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know how any of this works, but I believe it entirely. Sure. That's romance science. It is. I love and, it. I love it. You know, Lillian and her sisters are out there like playing baseball and doing shit they shouldn't be doing. And Marcus is like, I desperately want to not love her. But boy, she's fucking great. That's the plot of It Happened One Summer. It Happened One Autumn. And then St. Vincent comes up with this crazy plan to kidnap her for her money. And, you know, uh, Marcus has to beat the shit out of him. What's not to love about this book? How'd I do? That's, I mean, that's exactly right. And then she pulls off the greatest trick of of anyone ever in romance, where she then makes the kidnapper, who you loathe, yeah, into the hero of the next book. Yeah, stop it. It's amazing. It's too good. It's too good. 
This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Ava Miles, author of The Paris Remates. Uh, this one is so cool. Ava, the author, is a former chef and um, now is writing a romance, a series of romances, it sounds like, set in Paris around a restaurant. So this one, the main character, Thea, uh, is nothing at all like her romantic, elegant pastries. Her life is pretty dull, and uh, she's been... She spent the last 10 years trying to get back to the kind of beautiful experience that she had in one magical work-study year in Paris, working at Nanine Laurent's restaurant. Uh, But she went back after her year to the United States, and she's had kind of a dull, uh, humdrum life uh, for about a decade. And then she gets the call that everyone dreads. Uh, Nanine has fallen ill, and the restaurant needs Thea's help. So she goes back to Paris, where, with the help of her roommates from a decade earlier, uh, she will help get the restaurant back on its feet. Um, What she doesn't know is that these roommates immediately clock that Thea is in a place, and they suggest that she stay in Paris with them and live the life of her dreams there. What's even better uh, is Mr. Pinstripes, uh, Nanine's very hot, very skilled, very excellent lawyer, who... um, has a a little bit of a thing for Thea and who immediately becomes a love interest, except then Thea gets an offer she has a lot of trouble refusing, the opportunity to open her own bakery in the United States, which means leaving her friends, leaving this rich community she's built, leaving this man she's falling in love with. And she has to decide, is she going to take a risk or go back to the world that she knows and that she thinks she's always wanted? Uh, This one sounds absolutely up your alley if you're into found family, if you're into big groups of friends in romance novels, if you're into hot lawyers, um, or love in Paris, which, I mean, come on, everybody's into love in Paris. You can find it in print, in ebook, or with a monthly subscription to Kindle Unlimited. And thanks to Ava Miles for sponsoring this week's episode. Okay, have you read Anne Gracie's uh, Autumn Bride? No. The Autumn Bride. Jen, you would really, really enjoy this book. All right. So the heroine is a governess, and she, like, has nothing. She has, like, zero, zero dollars, except it's England, so pounds. Of course. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, she has a sister and two best friends, so it's a quartet of girls. Well, I mean, they're not girls. They're, you know, young women. And uh, she's basically, like, they're at they are destitute and they have nothing, no choice. Like they're like, they are at the end. Like they're like, um, we have to figure this out or we are on the streets. So um, she decides, okay, I'm just going to do some like light burglary. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so she breaks into this like townhouse that seems empty. Like nobody's ever, nobody ever goes in or out of it. Like, she breaks in and she's just like, I'm going to look for something that like is something expensive that we can sell. Like, I'm just going to take like a silver chow, like a silver tea kettle or like something. They'll probably have like 25000 in there. Nobody ever goes in there. Certainly the, you know, Davinum, the lord of this manor never goes in there. Of course. Right? She gets in there and she discovers the owner, like there's an elderly woman in there and she's like neglected by everyone she's just in there sad and alone and uh the heroine is like what the fuck who would do this to a person and so she immediately fires all of the servants in the house like there are only a few but they're all like assholes sure and she's like everybody get the fuck out you're all terrible people you i'm in charge i'm in charge now Please. Yes, so I now, like, we burgled the house, but we're in charge. <laughs> so, and then, <laughs> like, this. the lady in the bed is like, thank God for you. You're basically a miracle worker. And uh, now I'm going to call you and your daughter and your sister and your friends, my nieces, and basically take care of you. Like, now you're in society. Welcome. All this works out great until her nephew, who's the actual lord 
of the manor, arrives home and is like, who the heck are you? (laughs) Why are you running the household and, like, manipulating my aunt, maybe? And she's like, excuse me. Yeah. You're not, you didn't I'm not even take care of her. What, what kind of person are you? I love this. Listen. Um, it's set in the autumn. It's really nice. There's a lot of walking. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. right? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing better than a historical set in autumn because, like, England has that sort of, like, well, a, like a Regency or Victorian. Like, it has that, like, you know, every the leaves are crisp and everything's, like, Turn, like the the, sure. the 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 like the the green fields are all turning you know perfect gold and they're harvesting wheat and shit and it's I love it really lovely harvesting I mean I'll be shit. honest if you read my books at all you know I really love a book set in autumn like I've written a lot of autumn yeah. books and it's because you know it's nice it's it shows perfect well it's a perfect season I love it. Okay, so yeah, have- listen, you'll really enjoy this one. It's a good one, and it's an oldie and worth a read. That's nice. I like that. Okay, I have two that are set around like towns having fall festivals. Oh, fun! Right, like where like you you cozy on up and you like walk through the corn maze mm-hmm. or whatever, and you drink hot butter rum, whatever. Yeah, I'm into it. Go ahead. Because, yeah, I was kind of thinking again, like I was I really struggled with this task. And then I was like, what are the things too much? There's too many. Right. But then I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. like a fall festival and then like a couple. Now, one I have talked about pretty extensively, so I am not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. But everyone knows I love that Jeannie Chin series. And the first one's called The Inn on Sweetbriar Lane. This is the Blue Cedar Fall series. And in this one, June is the sister running, like, the, you know, the town's, like, hotel. And, you know, autumn is supposed to be the busiest season in, it's like the Carolinas. I think it's like Asheville. Mm -hmm. Or, like, near Asheville. Because it's, you know, fall leaves. But the local, you know, highway didn't make an exit. I don't know. Whatever. So June is really determined to, like, get this new festival I believe it is actually a pumpkin festival, but I don't remember, off the ground. And uh, the person kind of standing in her way, of course, is a – he's not standing in her way. It's just like he has a different vision. Um, His name's Clay Hawthorne. He is coming into town to open a bar. And he's like, I don't need cutesy tourists. Like, this bar is going to be for the real people in this area. So there's this, like, different vision they have. There's a different vision they have for, like, what that might look like. Okay, um, I love that one. And then the real sexy one I have. Three-Way Split by Elia Winters. I love this fucking book. I've oh, talked yeah, about this you, one before, Yeah, we've too. done this one before. And I don't care because it's worth it if you have That's not read fine. it. Um, she, her name's Hannah Stewart. She has a local sex toy shop. <laughs> and she ends up hooking up with these two guys who are roommates and lovers um, his name, one is Mitchell, and I think the other one's name is Ben. And Ben and Mitchell have been, like, kind of friends and lovers and roommates for a long time, but they kind of, like, can't admit how they feel about each other. And so the fall festival kicks into gear. They are also um, involved in the planning of this with, like, the local chamber of commerce. And through the planning of this, the three of them actually end up getting together. and And somehow being... With um, being with Hannah allows them to be more open and honest about their feelings for each other. And I'm really selling like the emotional stuff here, but this book is also like ghost pepper hot, and I loved it. <laughs> this is our new thing, everyone. When we're not on the podcast, we're like we don't trust anybody who tells me uh, tells us a book is hot. No anymore. But so you can trust me. There's ghost a sex pepper win. hot. When Jen says it, it's happening. Yeah. It's on. It's on. And I think I feel like when I say it too, it's on. Yeah. Like, I feel right? like we we know what we're looking for here. Yeah. I All mean right. it's just I, got that real pleasant, like mm. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I gotta talk about Jill Shalvis again. Okay. Sure. I'm I only it. ever trot Jill out when we do uh like small town or yeah. you know homecoming or whatever because she just 
it she nails small town romance so well. Um, Lucky Harbor. I'm actually I've been thinking a lot about like maybe just like over the next couple of weeks, just reading all the Lucky Harbor books mm. again because they nice. just deliver. It's like yeah, you get it right down right over the plate, like. You know, not to put too fine of a sports metaphor on things, but like it just, they're just great. Yes. So He's So Fine is Lucky Harbor book 11. And you don't have to read these in order at all. Everyone, Lucky Harbor is a romance town. Sure. It has everything (laughs) that you need in a romance town, including uh, a new vintage shop. Which is run by uh, the main, the heroine, Olivia, who has like come to this town fairly recently. But she has this like secret, which is that when she was very young, she was a starlet, a Hollywood starlet who like made a huge fool of herself in front of the whole wide world. Like, so think like, or maybe not even like a huge fool of herself, but like, was a young, a kid, like, think Lindsay Lohan yeah. or, like, Drew Barrymore. Like, just somebody who, like, really was growing up in front of the whole world and made mistakes that normal teenagers make. And then, like, but because she was a starlet, everybody was staring at her all the time. Mm-hmm. So she no longer, she's, like, basically put all that behind her. She has taken, she has assumed a new name, a new identity. You know, I love this shit. <laughs> um And she goes to Lucky Harbor and she basically is like, I'm not going to make friends there. I'm just going to, like, be the person who runs the vintage shop in this, like, like, homey town and just, like, try to live my life in peace. Um, And this all works out fine until uh, the very first page of this book where Cole Donovan, who is a ship's captain. Ooh, I like it. A charter boat captain with his, like, Two other hot friends. They run a like charter Fine. boat as business. it should be. I mean, it's a romance town. Listen, listen. Uh, Cole accidentally he's working on the boat and he's super duper horny. Jen. I <laughs> and hope he hasn't so. he hasn't been late in a long time, and he is like kind of distracted by stuff, and then he stuff. like isn't paying close attention, and he falls into the water. And it's freaking freezing, this water, because it's the middle of October or whatever. Sure. And uh, and it's the Pacific Northwest, so it's always cold. And um, Olivia sees him and thinks he's drowning. So she goes into the water after him to save him, not knowing he is a boat captain. Sure. Of course. And not in fear of drowning at all. Um, Cole comes with all his own damage. <laughs> There's actually a really lovely backstory for him. Uh, he has PTSD from working on an oil rig that exploded and, like, he Yikes. lost a friend uh, during that explosion. And he has a lot of guilt related to it. Um, and he also doesn't want to get super close to anyone. But, of course, when you have two people who definitely don't want to get close to anyone, um, and one of them is a horny ship's captain... Sure. Um, what are you going to do? I, I don't know. You Let me tell you, if you're Jill Chavez, you're going to write it hot <laughs> and you're going to write it great. Amazing. So that's He's So Fine, a Lucky Harbor no- novel. This week's episode of Fade and Mates is sponsored by Avon Books, publishers of Nisha Sharma's Tastes Like Shakar, the second in her If Shakespeare Was an Auntie series. This series is so fun, and everybody knows that there is probably nothing that ramps up the family drama like a wedding. (laughs) Very true. And confirm. Yeah. And now you add two people who really have, like, something to prove at that wedding, and one of them is Bobby Core. It is her best friend's wedding, so, I mean, obviously the stakes are super high, but she is also trying to prove to her family that she is the perfect person to take over their event planning business, so she's really got to nail this wedding and get it totally right. Mm-hmm. The other person, though, that she's being forced to work with is a sexy chef. She can admit that he's handsome. Bunty Potter. <laughs> He is the best friend of the groom. And that does not change the fact, sexy or not, that he is egotistical and irritating and 
the one in charge of the menu. And what does a wedding planner have to do? Work with the guy planning the menu. These two figure out that someone's trying to sabotage the wedding. And so for all of the (laughs) wedding events, which includes the joint bachelor-bachelorette trip to Vegas, right? Planning it. The everything at the vineyard and trying to deal with a bunch of aunties who think that they have the hard line on all the information and could probably work at the CIA. Everybody is skulking around and <laughs> no one is good at it. Right. But it's, it's keeping secrets. So Bobby and Bunty's romance is an event you don't want to miss, even though the main event, of course, is supposed to be this wedding. I love a, I love a, a romance set against a wedding. I just well, think they're so fun. And even better, this is the wedding of Karina and Prem, who were the hero and heroine of dating Dr. Dill. So lots of – it's old home week in this book, too. (laughs) Which is the best. Um, You can get Taste Like Shakar in print or ebook wherever books are sold. Thank you so much to Avon Books for sponsoring this week's episode. Okay, I will admit, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm literally just going to search like pumpkin romances and see what comes my way. Did and you I, get pumpkin pounder? No. I mean, that's, that's a, not part of the brief. Too much Halloween. Correct. But, but there is a book I read. I ended up, it's two book series. I read Maple Sugar Crush, an Autumnborough romance. This author is named Beth Labonte. These are like closed door romances. Um, it's really cute though. So she, I was, and I'm sorry. It's allowed. It's fine. It is. I'm just like, I feel like I'm going from it's five ghost peppers to like, you know, it's just, it's, it's all in the title. Maple Sugar Crush. We've talked about winning the lottery before. That's what really drew me to this one. So Josie Morgan is like 30. Five years ago, she won the Powerball and we're talking $450 million, the Powerball. And this has really hampered her love life because everyone's just after her money. And the Mm -hmm. book actually starts off, she's at Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's, like, really interesting because she, you know, like, did what you would do. Like, here's what you should do if you win $450 million in the Powerball. You go to a financial planner (laughs) so that you do not, like, spend it all. And she, like, bought her parents a house so that they could retire. And it's, like, right on Cape Cod. She paid off all the debts of her kind of immediate family and then gave them enough money that if they were smart and invested it, they could live their whole lives on it. But these people were not smart and did not do that. So she's at Thanksgiving and people are kind of giving her a hard time. Like, why won't you give me more money? And she's just, everybody is constantly after her money and it just sucks. So she lives in Autumnboro, New Hampshire, and she runs a store called Pumpkin Everything. And people are like, why do you even work? And she's like, I'm 30 years old. What the fuck else am I going to do? Yeah. Oh, my God. I right? would totally, like, run a store called Pumpkin Everything. I right? mean, like, she doesn't really work. She yes. runs she, a store that she's obsessed where She's yeah. clearly obsessed with pumpkins. Well, it's funny because now she, in the, she bought the store and she's, like, thinking about incor- incorporating some Christmas stuff. And everyone's like, oh, it's Pumpkin Everything. You know what I mean? It's all very <laughs> cute. <laughs> So anyway, she decides that this year she's going to avoid Thanksgiving because it was such pain in the ass last year. And instead, she's going to hold like essentially a Thanksgiving meal for everyone in town that doesn't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving. Right. So she's like using her money in lots of like really good and interesting ways. But she's really afraid of like falling in love. Well, then along comes Riley who I think lives in, like, she lives in Autumnsboro, and I think he lives in Summersboro. This is all very cute. This is, like, mm-hmm. I believe the first book in the series, which is called Pumpkin Everything. So cute. Is actually made into a Hallmark movie. So that's the vibe. Oh, really? Yeah. So cute. This is the vibes. Riley Parker essentially is, um, she is, her mom's coming, and she's like, oh, my God, I can't take the matchmaking. Her mom's like, who cares if they want your money? Don't you want to be married and have kids? So she convinces Riley to be her fake date so that he can, like, fend off the suitors. It's great. It's super cute. I liked it. Maple Sugar Crush is the name of that one. Okay, I'm gonna t- I want to talk about Taming Teddy uh, by Lucy Lennox. So um, this one is it's very sweet. I mean, it's very hot, but it's also very sweet. So... Um, this this is set in Alaska, and um, 
the main character, Teddy, is a wildlife photographer. And he has basically promised that he would get photographs of this particular guy, this particular wildlife expert um, for, like, a magazine that he's working for. Um, and so Jamie, the wildlife expert, instantly, like, begins with a series of letters. Everyone knows I love letters. And basically he's like, uh, so sorry, but no, I don't do media. Like, I'm – but he's, like, kind of known as this, like, animal whisperer out in, like, the wilds of Alaska. And so so Teddy um, is like, how do I – like, how do I – get him to agree to do this so he fakes um uh like wounded peregrine falcon sure and so he's like uh you know i was on this trek in the australian outback or whatever and i found this like we found this wounded falcon and i wonder if you could help us like figure out what to do with it and like and sure enough like this like you know is the perfect bait for jamie to respond to him um and so they have this back and forth and like my fa- one of my very favorite things, and this is right at the beginning of the book, but like Jamie clocks very early that like Teddy is has made up this falcon, and he says there wasn't really a bird, and Te- Teddy's like, no, there totally was, and he sends a picture for- of a falcon that he took like years <laughs> ago, and the- and Jamie's response is that's not a falcon, it's a like something else, and. It's so funny and, like, very sweet, very funny. And so um, what actually ends up happening is he gets – so Jamie says, yes, um, yes, you can come out to Alaska and, like, I'll take you to to photograph, like, Alaskan, I don't know, shit. Whatever. And um, so this happens and they uh, are – then they have this, like, very intense, like – one night thing or like multiple night thing but like quick it's like yeah. this is not gonna happen teddy travels the world taking pictures of animals and jamie is you know a recluse and so this can't happen and then there's a snowstorm and so i did say i didn't want to do snowed in but i feel like alaskan like alaska, alaskan yeah. snow like f- new first snow in alaska is basically fall vibes for Probably, everyone else sure. so um, and then they're like stuck in this this thing, this snowstorm, and it's just the two of them falling in love, and it's very cozy, and they do wear sweaters, but they also don't wear sweaters, if you know what I mean. I do, and know. I think you do. Better six years so into this podcast, taming... if I don't get that, I'm <laughs> you're cut. So that's Jennifer. Taming Teddy by Lucy Lennox. Great. Okay, here's my last one, everyone. A couple weeks ago, I talked about. It's called Fever. I had the wrong title. Someone's like, Jen, it's called Fever on the Discord. Thank you. Thank you, Discord. And I, this book has had fall vibes in my brain forever. So when you said, when we decided to do this, I was like, I'm going to go back and reread this Elizabeth Wool book. Because basically there was this whole thing. I'm going to like go backwards in the book where she's in some meadow on his land in Utah. And at the end... Summer is coming to a close because the aspens are changing their leaves. Like, this was, like, a very dramatic thing to me. I vividly remember it because I was like, what the fuck is an aspen tree? This is not something that you have where I grew up. I was like, and I just don't even recognize trees. I mean, true? I'm going to Google it, an aspen tree. If you were like, what is this tree? I'd be like, I don't fucking know. I have no tree Oh, yeah. They have, they look like, um, they look like birch trees. Yeah, they have, like, white. Sure, they look like birch trees. Good talk. Okay, anyway, I don't remember or know what trees look like, but this book really leaned hard into the aspens are changing, and this is how the seasons are changing. And I really remember this very vividly. So the deal with this this book is, her name's Lisa. His name's Rye McCall, and he is your typical Elizabeth Lowell hero. Everybody is after my money. Women can't be trusted. Women are terrible. They're all gold diggers. Women are terrible is Elizabeth Lowell's core story. Yes. Right. For all her heroes. But also they should sew bells to their clothing and wander around. Amazing. So he has this pristine part of his land that uh, some university professor has been using to study seedlings, whatever, nature. And she is essentially the graduate student at work that summer who's going to be up there, like, taking pictures of the plants and, like, doing science. 
But she has this really interesting background. She's grown up all around the world. Her parents were anthropologists. So she's like lived all over the world, but never in America. And she's like Mm. kind of of marriageable age now. And her parents are like, go marry some scientist so you can have, you know, go marry somebody, whatever. So she is living up in this shack and he comes up and like this shit's intense. She sees him for the first time and it's literally like she sees him her eyes and she thinks she was born to be this man's woman God, elizabeth lowell right into my fucking veins right it's just too much it's so good it's so good but also like if i wrote that everybody would be like come on mclean it doesn't matter only elizabeth lowell can do it only elizabeth lowell. so he introduces himself as rye and she and and then he realizes that she does not know that he is the same as like boss mccall Right. So she just thinks he's a cowboy and does not know that he actually owns the whole fucking ranch. So then the whole summer goes by. They have this amazing affair. (sighs) Nobody tells her because he's like, don't fucking tell. Nobody can tell. This is just my thing with her. And she because she's like so young and innocent and has never been in society and never goes down to the ranch. She has no idea. And then there's going to be like a big dance, which cracks me up now. I'm like, what is this prom? But whatever. It's like all the locals <laughs> are going to go to the dance. and he There's always a dance in those old ones. And he doesn't ask her. And she thinks it's because he is too ashamed of the fact that he does not have clothes, like a nice, clo- like a nice shirt. Oh, my God. So she makes him a shirt out of like the wedding linens her mother like sent with her. Like you'll make your <gasps> wedding dress out of this cloth. And she, like, hand polishes the buttons that she cuts out of antelope fucking mm-hmm. horns. I mm-hmm. not even know. Sure. So then she is going to, she rides down and she's like, I'm going to actually go. I hope I don't get in trouble with the boss, but I have to see Rye so I can give him a shirt. And then he'll be able to ask me to the dance. And it is while she's, like, giving him the shirt that someone calls out his name. Hey, boss. And he answers. And she is like, holy shit. He is the boss. And the so embarrassed. Thing, Yeah, comes crashing down on her. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, I, listen, Elizabeth Lowell knows how to deliver. And so it's just this really emotional thing. And she, like, grabs the bag and rides off. And he's like, what was in the bag? And she's like, nothing you need. And you think she's going to take off right away. my sweater. She, like, has her, exactly. She wants, she has her pride. She shows up at the dance. Ugh. The drama. And then. So good. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Listen. And then he has to crawl in broken glass to win her because he has lied to her about I will is. admit I do not think he crawled on broken glass enough, but I still was really fucking won over by this thing. He, She leaves. He's devastated. He has to ride on his horse to go get her. Perfection. No okay. notes. Then he wears the shirt on their wedding day. I'm giving it all away. Of course he does, because it's made of the wedding material. And then it says every year after on their anniversary, he wears the shirt. And I was like, I'm done. (laughs) A plus. Completely fell for it. This man never gained an ounce. He was still able to wear that shirt his entire life. Fine. Perfect. I it's loved the it. Cheesiest, but I don't, I don't care. care. Eat it. Beautiful. I'm gonna eat it with a spoon. Amazing. That was a ride, and I really enjoyed it. Fever. Fever uh, by Elizabeth. By the none great. other than the great Elizabeth Lowell. Um, okay, you know what else happens in autumn? Election season, Jen. Yes. So I know I've talked about this one before, but I don't think I've talked about it in a while. So I want to talk about Loving the Secret Billionaire by Adriana Anders. The only election romance I ever really want to read, to be honest. Because it's terrific. The heroine of this book is running for mayor of a mountain town (laughs) somewhere in the world. I don't even know. In romance romance land. Uh, Her name is Veronica. And she is canvassing the town because she is running against, like, a kind of, like, terrible person who, you know, whatever, is just terrible. And um, and they are trying to get every single vote out for this mayor, this mayoral election. And so she is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make me every single person. 
So she's canvassing in the same place. They're like out on the outskirts of town. She's canvassing and she discovers that he too, this the enemy, the the villain, <laughs> the other guy, is also canvassing. And she's like, there's one more house on this street and I'm going to get to it before him. And it's like down a long road. It's like a very sort of like, what's down this? this yeah. It's this. a dark house. Like, oh, yeah. So she gets to the door. She knocks on the door. It opens. It is, like, fully pitch black inside. And the owner of the house is there. And she's like, "I, you have to let me in. Because the other guy is, like, coming down the driveway behind her. And so, and he's like, what? What? And she comes in. And it turns out that she's inside the home of the hero, Zach, who is blind, but also a billionaire and also a virgin. Sure. <laughs> And all of these things are fascinating. <laughs> and so she's like, uh, do you have lights? And he's like, I actually don't have lights because I don't need them. Um, and she's like, oh, I'm, you know, okay. And then he's like, but let's get some lights. Let's order some lights on online. We'll have some lights here for tomorrow. And you should come back when there are lights and we'll, like, have dinner. And um, and she's like, mm, okay. And then he, then it turns out that like he's a virgin, but he's not really a virgin. And he can't drive. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> You're a virgin. No, you can't drive. Sorry. He's a not little... like, he's not really a virgin. Take this seriously, Jen. It's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, he's not like, he's a virgin, but like he is also a tech genius. And so he has done all the research necessary to be able to be, like, the greatest lover, whoever there was, sure. even though, like, he's never, he never leaves the house. He's a recluse. And so, like, he can't leave the house uh, and have sex with somebody. So he, uh, but he's learned a lot about it. And then when Veronica turns up, he's like, well, this works out great for me. And then he's also a tech genius slash billionaire, which comes into play when he, you know, kind of, like, makes sure that, the election swings in her favor. He doesn't rig the election, mm -hmm. but he finds out some information because he's so, like, tech-savvy about her opponent that, like, swings the election. And she's like, that's – you kind of cheated. Like, you you really, you know, did something that you shouldn't have done. Right. Like, we, And he's like, whatever. I'm a billionaire. What do you want from me? And also, like, why don't we just do it again? <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> Listen, I think Adriana Anders is – a really top-notch writer. Yeah. This is a novella that you will, it will give you, like, the greatest 45 minutes of your life. Like, it is <laughs> yeah. a terrifically fun read. When you're done with this, you can go and read the other two books in the series, which are both, which are also both kind of, like, fall into winter novellas. One is called Loving the Mountain Man, and one is called Loving the Wounded Warrior, and um, Adriana writes a very sexy, like, know. very, very emotionally sexy, brain sexy book. Uh, Have you, you're going to be know very happy with it's this It's like choice. skipping ahead, but if you're ready, just, just jump right to the winter holidays. She's got that one called We'll Never Have Paris, where the two literally get stuck in an elevator on Christmas Is that Eve. out? I think so. I was going to talk about it on our Christmas episode. Yeah, we'll just save it, everybody. We'll just save it. For All right. Time. Pretend we didn't say that, you guys. <clears throat> well, it's Eric to take it up. We uh, didn't say no, anything. He won't. You know, somebody told me the other day, I love it when um, there are these moments in the in the podcast where you say, Eric Eric should take that out. We'll take that out. And, and we know he didn't. <laughs> you know, sometimes he's just like, no, we're leaving that. You know, it's he fine. Doesn't. He's not. He's like, these two are dummies. They know. It's not out yet. It's out September 29th. Oh, which means it's out. Well, I don't know. How do we do? I think that was really nice. I think it was Pour nice. Pour yourself a cup of cocoa. Yes, sit in front of a fire. Put on a cable knit sweater and cozy socks. Cozy socks. That's nice. It's autumn. The solstice is past. The autumn equinox or whatever it's called. It's true. And uh, it's Libra season. It is. My time is up. My time is about to come. Your time is nigh. <laughs> um, it's Libra season, which means the world returns to balance. Well, that's nice. 
That's what Libra's, Libra season, it balances out everything. I like it. And what's weird is like, I literally yesterday was talking to Eric and I was like, of course, it's Libra season. And he was like, oh my God. <laughs> but it is Libra season and things balance themselves right now. All right. Well, I'm going to stop coughing. That is what I have to say about that is astrology with Sarah. There you go. You're listening to Fate of Mates. I'm Sarah McLean. I'm here with my friend Jen Prokop. You can find us at fateofmates.net or at our Patreon if you like super love us talking about astrology or banter or football. We uh, do that every month uh, at fatedmates.net slash Patreon. Um, also, with the Patreon, you get access to our Discord where um, many, many, many other magnificent firebirds talk about romance novels almost as much as we do. You can also find us on Twitter at Faded Mates, on Instagram at Faded Mates Pod, and in other places, but really sporadically at this point. So why don't we stick with that? Um, and we hope you're having a great time and you're cozy and it's, you know, it's, it's, you're just vibing. You're having sweater vibes wherever you are. Yes. Agreed. Thanks for listening. 